Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Well, welcome back to Hour 2 on a Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. Sip just got locked out of the studio. Gus had to save the day. Did you lock the door? I, no, I did not. Why you know, you, do you know like what happened? No. For some reason, you just you always kick out. I have a little bit of a... You know, a, a doorstop. A doorstop there. And you, for some reason, on your way out, kick it sometimes. And so the door closes all the way. And you're locked out. This happens at least once a month. At least. Or hear the pounding of the... <laughs> on the glass. <laughs> well, I got to get your freaking attention. Well, that, that's Did you just like, call guys. me a freaking nut? I didn't say that. Did you call me a freaking nut? No. Nope. Oh, I, I thought that's that. what you said. Nope. <laughs> I didn't. I was just concerned that I was going to miss the segment. Well, you're here now. Yeah. It's just, it's just talking. We got a lot to talk about. Glad to have you. I, I enjoyed the sellout streak discussion. Yeah, and sure I thank God. I thank God. That Nebraska has another AD who's not like you, who, <laughs> who cares about traditions and recognizes what makes Nebraska Nebraska or what we, we think of Nebraska and, and, and does cling to that. Trev was part of it. But you don't have to be part of it. Bill Moose cling to it too. Bill Moose was a great steward in that regard. Bill Moose was a great steward. I would say Bill Byrne was a great steward. I would say, and that's where I'd stop with the ads. You know, Osborne obviously was, but um, Moose Moose cared deeply about Nebraska's traditions. Trev cares deeply. I wish you did. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, putting the words in my mouth. I'm going to put words in your mouth today, too. That's going to happen. I didn't put words in your mouth. I just stated what I feel, what I, what I hear from you. you know, what you hear is someone who would love this streak to continue if it is deemed worthy of continuing by the performance on the field and the fans saying, I'm going to spend another Saturday watching that. Actually, we're not far off on this because you did say it matters if it ends. Right. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Well, and it, it's gonna. It was. It would be sad because it would show that's where Nebraska football's at. Yeah, it, it matters. shows how fall how how far they have fallen as a program. Right. But what I w- I would reverse that and say, it the sellout streak to me, Jake, is emblematic of Nebraska's loyalty. Nebraska fans' loyalty to the program. It, it's emblematic. And to remove that emblem is removing a piece of the program's tradition. Sure, but but I also have said that even if the streak were to end, the stadium will still look pretty full. <laughs> okay, it, it, you're not going to see like again, fans again, just what, not show up because the streak's over. Your Honor, I yeah, object. Yeah, I'm the judge. Relevancy. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a court case here on the air. 
That'd be kind of fun. All right, we've covered this. Uh, you know where I know yeah. where you stand. Yeah. We, if you missed any of that, go to the first segment. If you want to hear our argument about the sellout streak, it's on the podcast page at theticketfm.com. I recognize that I was very surly and obnoxious. Uh, well, that's typical for the first segment. Really? Yeah. The coffee does not kick in for you until mid, the second segment or the end of the first segment. Were there people on the text line saying Sipple's oh, very obnoxious? One, someone, yeah. Can I read one? Yes. Where is it at? I mean, it's way down here. We had a lot of, a lot of texts. Um, someone called you a child this morning, though. So they might have texted back in. Someone said Sip is acting like a child over there. I'd say I was. Yeah, I think you were, too. I was interrupting I was you. being the grown adult you in were. the room. You were. I was being a child. I'm glad you can see that. It's yeah. good. I was. Uh, I was very taken aback by the blasé nature of some of your responses. Well, what else is new? <laughs> Are you really shocked by that at this point? Four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. Again, you can watch and comment on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. This show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Uh, Mickey Joseph spoke yesterday. At, he was at the podium talking about Nebraska, talking about the bye week. He went down, went, went to Louisiana, watched some high school games to recruit. To recruit, yeah. Uh, he's back, Indiana, this Saturday, six thirty kickoff Memorial Stadium. Okay, so Mickey's an offensive-minded coach. I, I want to ask the question here. He he is certainly in the, the the conversation for Nebraska's next head coach. If if things go well for him, his next eight games, he will absolutely be in the conversation. But regarding the style of coach you want, I'm curious here. Bo Pelini was a defensive-minded coach, and he won nine-plus games for seven straight years. Either nine or ten games, he won every single season for seven seasons, right? The next two coaches were offensive-minded coaches. Mike Riley comes in, goes 19 and 19, does make two bowl games in three years. Scott Frost also an offensive-minded coach comes in, no bowl games in his tenure at Nebraska, a 16-31 and 31 record. Do you go back to offense for Nebraska? Do you go to defense? Does it matter? What, what kind of coach? What do you want the next coach's forte to be? You know what's most appealing to me? A winner? No, that I don't know. But the, I don't even know at this point. What was P.J. Fleck? He's well. He's an offense. He's a receiver in college, so he's an offensive-minded coach. But I. But it doesn't really show anymore. He's a coach. He's a coach. He's a. He's a. He, he has an offensive background, though. Lance Leipold. What is Lance Leipold? That's a good. I, th- I think offense. Yeah, he is. But it, but it doesn't. Coach. But you don't really. I don't define him that way anymore. I don't define PJ Fleck that way anymore. I don't define uh, Kyle Whittingham that way anymore. He's a defensive coordinator back okay. in the day. I don't define him that yeah, way. I don't even de- – okay, what was Urban Meyer? I don't know. Huh? But he's you don't know. You just know he's a great coach. Both sides were good. Right. You just know he's a great coach. He wasn't. Def- I didn't define him. He was in a special team were, were his forte as a head coach. But I like – you know what? I kind of like a coach right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't think of it that way. I didn't – I mean, I got to say – Early in Scott's tenure, I was I'd get concerned when I'd look down and games were sort of unraveling and he was his face was in the call sheet. But I would say that about a lot of coaches in the NFL. I oh, see yeah. that all the, time. all the time. Kyle Shanahan is that that way. He's always Andy Reid. Yeah, he's always in this play sheet. Do you have a good feel for your team? Do you have a good feel for what's going on 
on special teams. And Scott, in his comments sometimes after the game, you know, if you asked him about a special teams element, he would literally say, well, I didn't notice because I was, I was getting ready for the next series. Huh. Mm. Huh. Yeah. You're the coach. You're the head coach. You're the man in charge here. Right. Yeah. So I – and I've written it and I've said it. I prefer a guy who's not buried in a call sheet, be it defense or offense. So those coaches I mentioned are guys that I really admire the way they work the sideline. You ever watch Lance Leipold on the sideline? I have not watched him closely. I have. How does he operate? He's very strategic, and he's always looking at the clock. He's always looking up at the clock. Just like P.J. Fleck. Yeah. Fleck's always. Fleck's a clock guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's strategy. They're thinking down the line. They're thinking in the moment. They're thinking a lot of different things as they look at that clock. They're managing the game. All right? And that's, I think that's the way you go now. In fact, if I were Trev Alberts, I would probably be pretty staunch in that regard. I don't know that I'd hire a guy whose face, whose, whose face is in a call sheet. Lance is not. Lance doesn't have a sheet in, in front okay, of him. Okay, go through the coach. Dave Aranda. Aranda's Def- defensive coach, number one. He's a defensive-minded coach. Very defined defensive coach. Is he in a call sheet defensively when they're on defense? I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of Baylor, but I did notice the other day, no, he didn't. Does he have a CEO presence on the sideline? Seems to. Good clock management. I don't know. Okay. Lance, great clock management. Great strategic big-picture thinker. You know who's making decisions on the Kansas sideline. Same with Fleck. Always been struck by Fleck's game, game management ability. Late game, late quarter, late quarter, late game, late half. Always, always on it. Always thinking. You can see it. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big PJ Fleck fan, although you cannot question at this point his effectiveness, right? He's a good coach. Fleck has maybe the, the third best team in the conference. Yeah. Right the now. thing you can say about Fleck is he's a good coach, he's a good motivator. Yeah, I'd say so. Franklin. Franklin, he's a coach. 
James Franklin. Yeah, James Franklin's a coach. I don't think of him as offensive or defensive. He's just a coach, and he's a manager. He manages the program really well. I don't think it like places like Penn State and Nebraska and Ohio State and Michigan. Those are monster programs. I don't think. Again, if I'm the AD at a place like that, Nebraska, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, monsters. They're monsters. You got to manage a lot. It's not just getting a game offensive game plan ready. That's a small part. That's a small part of it. Yep. It is. That sounds crazy, right, to say, but it is. There, there's so much going on on a day-to-day basis, and now there's more than ever because you got to recruit your own roster. There's the transfer portal to think about, which we're going to talk about. I mean, there's so much. I don't want – I'm telling you, Jake, if, if Trev Alberts – ends this coaching search with a guy who's going to call plays on either side, I, I, will, I would be very – I guess I'd be disappointed. Now, think of somebody. Yeah, what right now, who's in that conversation that does that? Does Matt Campbell call plays no, in Iowa State? I don't, I don't think, think he so. does. No. Leipold does, or sorry, Leipold does not call plays? Lance does not call plays, okay. no. Uh, Aranda does not call plays? I don't think so, no. Matt Campbell? We said, we just said no. Campbell, yeah, Campbell uh, doesn't. Now, now here's the here's the here's Bill the O'Brien acid test. Plays. Yeah, Bill O'Brien is calling plays right now at, at Alabama. Well, he's their offensive coordinator. Would he do it as a head coach? Would he do it as a head coach? Well, the question did he now, do, that's did tricky he, for me because I like he O'Brien. Did he do that at Penn State? Did he do it with the Texans? I think he was calling plays. I know, I do too. I'm pretty sure he was calling plays for sure with Houston. God, did I just rule out one of my favorites? I think, I think you may have just ruled out. Well, we Bill don't. O'Brien. I didn't. We don't. We didn't rule him out because we don't know I, if he do. Yeah, we don't I know don't, if he do it, Jake. I don't know if he did at Penn State. I'm pretty sure he was calling plays with the Texans. An though. example of a head coach that I'm pretty sure we know calls plays is Chip Kelly. Yes. Don't. I don't want that. Don't want it. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, don't it, want it. Worked it. for a while for him. Not is Leach calling plays? Wouldn't you think he has? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't want it. How many championships has Leach won? Zero. Kelly has 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 got he took Oregon to the college football playoff. Brian Kelly. Oh, sorry, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Did. Chip Kelly. Yes. Chip Kelly. Yes. Did. Brian Kelly doesn't call plays. Nope. Brian Kelly's he's a CEO. A, he's a CEO. CEO. Big time CEO. Big time CEO. That's what I want. I'm I'm with Trev on the CEO. If, if that's what Urban it, Meyer CEO. Oh, yeah. Big, big time, time CEO. CEO. Yeah. Now if now if we're, hey if we're at UTEP, if we're at Colorado State, I'm more. Open to the idea of a guy with a call sheet running the program. I make a distinction. It's one thing to run UTEP. No, no, I'm not disparaging UTEP. You know, you know, I'd love to live in El Paso. I mean, I've I have an affinity for El Paso, and I'm not disparaging that that program or that city. But it's a different world, right? It's a different world. If it's UTEP or Utah State or Wyoming. Or you know, pick an outpost in a in a non-power five. Oh, okay. In a non-power five. Well, Washington State's probably yeah, too. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I'd be more, I'd be more amenable to a guy with a play sheet, but not at a monster. Now, now, hang on, hang on. Tom Osborne. Yeah, called plays. That's <laughs> what Tom Osborne. He was a freak. Called. He called plays. He was the freak of all freaks, though. He's what, is Andy Reid a freak too? Yeah, because you're know, talking about Hall of Famers, right? Plays. Reed call. Reed has the final call. You talk about plays. Hall of Famers, right? Yes, that's great. It's a freak coach. Yep, freak. Osborne 
is an outlier in a lot of ways, right? Osborne is an outlier in a lot of ways. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He, you know what? You know one reason he could do it because the staff stability was such that's, that he that's, could do yeah, it. Yeah, you weren't worried about turnover at all. It was always well, the same it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just that, but it was. It's that it, it was trust. You had trust in those guys, right? Right. right. If something was happening, it's the same thing. You know, and, and, and Thomas talked to me about this. If and it happens, Kansas. He he used the example one time. If Kansas came out in something we had not prepared for one minute for, hmm. okay. But he had Milt, um, Turner. He had all these guys on his staff that that didn't blink. They just on the sidelines said, "Okay, this is what we need to do." Maybe took a series or two, and they were fine. But Tom said you that happens because you have veteran coaches who have worked together for a long time. They just know what to do. But they, he said he used the example of Kansas one time coming out in something they had never prepared for for a second. Now you can make that work with a good staff. But anyway, yeah, Tom, Tom Tom's an outlier. Frank tried it. Frank called plays. Then then. Then gave his headset away. Said Barney Cotton. Yep, call plays. Yeah, it's difficult to be good at that. It's That's difficult they're, in they're, a monster they truly program. Are freaks when they do that. Yeah, in a complimentary way. Yeah, but even the discussions changed in my eyes since then because college football is different now. It's unwieldy, and this place, getting this place back on its feet, I think. Osborne didn't have to get Nebraska back on his feet. This head, this next head coach is going to have to get Nebraska back on his feet. And I don't want him spending five hours a day on the offensive game plan if I'm the AD. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rick Neuheisel, I've told, I've told you about this. Rick Neuheisel was the head coach at Colorado, and he was, a game, he was their offensive coordinator, and he called plays. But he said he had to go to the office – at 5 o'clock and get everything done mm. game plan-wise before 8 because that's when you started being a head coach at 8 o'clock when people came in and there was a, a line into your office of people that needed to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. So that's the case as a head coach. There's always something going yeah. on. Players. Now, Bo made, it, coaches. Bo made it work. Um, I, I mean, he made it work. Uh, from the texture, it says, Tom's staff took – Three series at the most to get over something they had never seen before. Frost was completely thrown off by a different front. Yikes. Well, yeah. That's a good staff and a good coach in Tom Osborne, and Frost was not a great coach. No. You're talking about Hall of Fame coach versus 16 and 31 coach. I mean, that's, that's just, that's, that's life. RJ says Ryan Day calls plays. Is that's that true? A good, I does think he? he does, yeah. I think. So I, I don't watch the coaches on. close enough for all these games to see who's calling plays and who Chris isn't. calls plays. Or Paul no, Chris, I, I he was. I don't know if he is anymore. Paul Chris did call plays. Yeah, I, I, think he's, I don't well, think Bobby he's Ingram came in and he's yeah, calling the plays yeah, now, right? Yeah. He's their offensive coordinator. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You saved We're me. supposed to be a great hire, and then the offense looked pretty subpar so far uh, to me I at Wisconsin. I hate talking about things we don't know, but um, Ryan Day – I don't know that one. Well, let me ask you: has, has Kirk Ferentz ever called plays in Iowa? I don't. He doesn't. He's been CEO pretty much the right. whole time, right? Right. Yeah, he's chomping his gum over there, thinking big picture all the time. He is. Fleck doesn't call plays, right? No, no. You said that, yeah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Fitzgerald, Franklin. Pat Fitzgerald. I doesn't call plays either. Ah, uh, no, I don't think CEO. so. CEO. Yeah. Yeah, it's not working. It's not going. <laughs> I'm not defending him right now. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> 
This is not this is I not Fitzgerald do, time. I'm, I'm, I'm about to do an imitation. Don't 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 do an imitation. Don't come at me with yeah yeah. But they beat Nebraska. Sip. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Nope. Not doing it. That's it. That's all we got. I mean, that's one. That's one thing I think we agree on. Right now, you don't need a coach who's whose face is in a play sheet. This is a big project right now. This is a big project, and it can't be oriented toward. You can't you can't have a head coach who's oriented toward the minutia of play calling. Too many big picture elements to consider. Yep. I agree. More next and early break in the ticket.